Luca Nation, yeah, you guys are in for a treat. So about maybe a month and a half or two months ago, we had a gentleman named Paul Lesko on. And you guys that don't follow him on Twitter, highly recommend that you do. It's Paul underscore Lesko, L-E-S-K-O. And the hobby's fun, right? So part of the hobby's collecting and showing off girls on Instagram. Part of it is, you know, breaking and chasing that next kind of shiny toy. But also part of it, and the hobby loves this, is kind of call-out culture, right? But a big part of call-out culture, and I, I probably do this myself, is a lot of smoke and hoping that there's fire. But the gentleman that's sitting across from me actually goes and digs into the details, digs into the proceedings, and we'll be here today to tell you actually what's going on in those court cases, right? Not speculation, facts, filings, and things that I believe that you guys for the next 30 minutes that are listening will really benefit from whether that's from an enjoyment perspective, kind of just being in included and learning on what's happening and, you know, getting to follow and meet this gentleman. So, Paul, we've had you on, but for people that don't know, why did you start kind of going down the rabbit hole of – you know, following court cases that touch the hobby in some shape or form. So uh, my original background is uh, I did litigation for intellectual property. So trademarks, copyrights, patents. And uh, I got back into card collecting in uh, 2006 when my kids were born. I, I originally collected in the 80s and then got out of it. And so I wanted to get my kids uh, tr trading cards. And when I got back into it, I saw how cards had changed. There were autographs. There was memorabilia cards. There were serial numbered cards. I mean, it was so different. And... I look really at a card and you realize there is so many legal issues on a card. They're copyrighted. You have the logos, you have trademarks, you have right of publicity for players. When I first uh, started uh, tweeting and blogging about cards, there was actually even patents uh, and patent battles over cards. So it, it, it really, you know, it, it's very rare to have a hobby that actually appeals to your profession as well. So uh, I, really enjoy the issues. And I like to explain it to people too, because as a lawyer, um, I'm a litigator, you know, my whole job is to explain it to either six or 12 people to try and convince them that my client is right. So I, I think of myself as, you know, an educator in that way. And so part of the way that I stay sharp, I hope, is by trying to explain the law to collectors. Because uh, I figure if I can't explain the law to collectors, who's you know, really a jury, then I can't explain it to anybody. So it's uh, it's fun for me. I like teaching people stuff. And it also, you know, evilly, I think helps me become a better litigator as well. He's being coy, but, you know, we had him on a couple months ago and his origin story last time was even better. It was, hey, you know, I'm at a bar, I'm a single guy. And, you know, when I tell the ladies that I'm into, you know, patents and trademarks, you know, they don't look at me the same way. They don't look at me that cool. So I decided I was going to do something that made me seem cooler. So I got into baseball cards. Yeah, it, it, it's exactly it. <laughs> My batting average has not improved at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Well, I mean, the, the, the fun part for me is, you know, look, we want hobby optimism. We want hobby pessimism. We want hobby call outs. We want to have the hobby is alive. There's all kinds of content out there. They're on all different sides of the spectrum. But what I love about yours is it's not drop a bomb and run away. There is no bomb, right? You're not creating the bomb. You're not looking for people, you know, to just click on your, you know, a headline with no substance to the article. When a lot of the headlines and what you deal with, the litigation is, oh, this person sued this person. And, and if you just dropped it there without any kind of, you know, all right, wow, that's a headline. Let me click on that. Yours is actually giving the meat. You're actually going through it, which I'm sure, I mean, for you, you might enjoy it. But for most people, you know, leaving through some of these complaints, 
like I did they're leafing through some of those complaints. You know, it's uh, it, it's got to be tedious. But you have fun. It's it. You just wake up, you light a fire, you drink a cup of coffee, and you know you roll through the. He's a hot chocolate kind of sort. Yeah, the hot <laughs> chocolates would help. You know, you just you know get that morning run of caffeine and chocolate, and everything's fun after that. <laughs> so last time we had you on, Paul, we were talking about the redemption case, the class action lawsuit uh, that people brought against uh, Panini. Could you catch people up who don't know what that was about, the gist, and kind of what has happened since we've last had you on? Sure. So the Panini, the Panini redemption case, that's been going on for uh, a couple of years now where you had a couple collectors who said uh, basically the theme of their case was when you get a redemption, that is an IOU for a card. I don't want a replacement. I don't want points. I want that card. And as the uh, case went on and discovery was going forward, it turned out that depending on what year it was, Panini knew that at least sometimes 25% of the redemptions went unfulfilled, had to have a replacement or had to have points for it. So the theme of their case was, hey, Panini knew, even though it's giving everyone this IOU, that they weren't going to be able to fulfill 25% of them. Only 75% got fulfilled. So it's basically consumer fraud. People buy a redemption. They think they're going to get that card. Had they had Panini told the truth and said, hey, there's only a 75%, 75% chance you'll get that card, then there'd be no lawsuit, really, because that's more true and accurate. But that's really the focus of the case. Now, the plaintiffs in that case, they only had you know five or six redemptions that were at issue. And these are not high dollar value cards. I think the highest dollar value card is like a $100 card. So the way that you put pressure on a large company for something like this is you file it as a class action, as a putative class action. And only a judge can decide if a case will be a class action or not. So that was the big battle uh, when we were last talking. And we got a ruling uh, in the case, and it turns out the judge doesn't agree that this case should be a class action. It has to be filed uh, by the individual uh, people who have the redemptions. The individual consumers would have to go forward. Uh, this case was set to go to trial in June. Now, the lawyers have, for the plaintiffs have appealed the uh, denial of a class case, and they're fighting that in the Court of Appeals, which probably means we won't get that trial in June. So the case uh, has kind of blown up for the plaintiffs, but it really hasn't blown up on the issue that everybody cares about. Is a redemption in IOU is still an, uh, it's still an issue that's out there? And that's the issue that was going to go to trial. Just maybe a five hundred dollar issue instead of a instead of a class issue. Exactly, you should not be in federal court. You should be in small claims court. I mean, that's you know really what this case could be deciding for people. I mean, you, what Paul's either, leaving out, of course, is that the judge in making that decision also put in uh, his own little public statement that he's a judge who prefers event worn over game worn. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He didn't actually say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it through like. Uh, if I have a hundred dollar redemption, I don't want to pay for all the court fees and waste all the time to go and sue Panini individually. Right. So right. the so lawyers they, in the class action, it's the lawyers who would be people making money because they're gonna they're looking to add in thousands. Everybody who's similarly situated, everybody who has an outstanding redemption, the thousands of people who are sitting there with you know a hundred dollar card or a five hundred dollar, fifty dollar card, you add all that up, and all of a sudden now you have a significant amount of damaged individuals who are similarly situated and make up a class. The yeah. judge didn't agree with that. 
And that's and that's what? one of those factors that a plaintiff will argue is the fact that, you know, all these actions are there's so little money involved in these actions. The only way it makes sense to litigate it is to put them all into one case. So you have one decision that actually controls everybody else here, though. I would have done a different strategy from what their attorneys did. I would have filed uh, maybe a case, a, a potential class case for smaller. But I also would have found out there are some big cards on redemptions that haven't been fulfilled. Get one of those people in there. Get a $15,000 card, a $10,000 card, something to show the judge that, hey, there's some real money that's at issue here. And then even if you lose uh, you know, the class claim, it's still something. It's not much money, but it's still enough money that you can potentially at least interest the judge into figuring out you know, which way we're going to go with this case. So something that I'm curious about, Keja, I'm wondering if you're thinking about this too. How do you know? Th- it's like uh, on the form of PSA when you have to fill out like w- what is your card worth? How do you know what a redemption's worth, right? Because if I got my redemption back last January 2021, it's definitely worth or more than likely worth a lot more than it would be today. Depends right? who so you what- ask, right? Some people like comps. Some people say you can't use comps. Comps are lazy. Yeah. It's you. It's basically it's going to be a battle of the experts. It's going to be you know a, a dog and pony show. This dog over here argues that hey, it's worth a dollar, and there the pony over here says it's worth six hundred dollars, and then the jury gets to decide the way it goes. But that's one of the big problems with redemption, and it's something that you know I think the plaintiffs should have hit harder in this case. You can actually you can bring a class action not just for money. You can br- bring it for basically sp- specific performance and say hey, these cards. The way that you're saying they're not replaceable money is not an accurate way to you know make this make me whole because of this case the only thing that'll make me whole is go get me my card and you know that would be i think a a, and i think it's impossible because the athletes are the ones that are holding this up it's not the company but i think they really should have pushed that more too to show that you know each of these cards is unique because I file a case, you know, LeBron's out there doing great. His card's worth more. Well, he's got two bad years. Well, now it's worth nothing. You know, it's not nothing, but it's worth considerably less. So, I mean, it just really depends on what's happening. Paul, if you know, I I think I'd be surprised if the answer is no, but if you know, during the pendency of this suit, have you seen a change in the language of redemptions or on the website of redemptions? Like now that obviously this morphed from, hey, go get me my redemption to a consumer fraud type of claim where, right, a consumer action type of claim where um, it's you guys knew you could only do 70% of these. You know, is there language on the redemption cards that say, hey, you know, this doesn't entitle you to this exact card, but something like it? Is there like a thing you have to click, like a user agreement now on the website when you put it in that says, by putting this in, you acknowledge that we're going to make our best effort to get you this card, but you may have a replacement at some point in time? Like, like, did, if nothing else, did the suit potentially, you know, do that? If you know, it did. It actually did. There's been a number of changes to the terms of service from Panini from uh, and that's why the class that they were focusing on, uh, if I remember correctly, was only up to 2017 or 2018. Right. So there, there have been a number of changes, including, you know, what you were saying that, you know, we'll try our best, we'll do best efforts. But you are agreeing if we can't fulfill it, then you will accept the you know, a redemption or you'll accept the replacement. And they've also more recently changed it and said when it comes to small and medium valued cards, you know, of a certain age, you are agreeing that uh, we can give you points no matter what. Right. Uh, that was a more recent change that they had. So, so they're learning. So, Panini is learning. Uh, since it is a consumer fraud suit, it doesn't matter how crappy your company is, so long as you're telling the truth about it. I'm not saying Panini's crappy, but you know, it's. <laughs> No, you're speaking generally, um, yeah. you know, as long as you put the right language. And so, Andrew, I mean, just 
a lot of our people listening probably didn't know that. And, you know, that's something that comes from litigation, whether it's good, bad, or, or otherwise. When you're buying a box, and I remember when you said, all right, you got a redemption in there. And I would always say to you, okay, but that's a chance you're taking. You know that if you get a redemption in there, that you may not get that card. Well, now it seems that for the last couple of years, the language being put into like the user agreements, the card themselves, when you click and we enter it, it specifically tells you that, that when you agree to this, when you put your code in, you may not get the card that's on the front of that, of that redemption. You know, so, it, you know, just for expectation purposes, people who are buying these boxes should know that, you know, so that it's, it's an in, it's an interesting little, you know, side thing. You'd like to say that litigation is good. And I would say the litigation um, definitely showed that, um, you know, that Panini had some changes to make and they've made them, but it probably makes it harder for aggrieved people to get their cards now. That's actually on the redemption. I mean, that's it's one of those things. Um, and you'd like to say, oh, well, at least that shows Panini knew what they were doing was wrong before. That's not the way it works. I mean, Paul doesn't want to get into like Frummer v. Hilton, but I mean, like if you fall down, you know, on a place because the guardrail is not working, right? A company has to fix the guardrail, yeah. right? And that can't be held against them, right? So you can't not fix the guardrail and say, oh, well, that guy's going to sue me for my bad guardrail, for my bad handle. So I can't fix it because that's acknowledging that it was broken. Yeah. No, but you got to fix it for public policy. You don't want the next 10 people to grab the handrail and fall down the stairs. So it's a it's an interesting balance, right? It's it's a fun thing. Not that a redemption is the same thing as a handrail, but you know what I'm saying, Paul. Yeah, and that's why it, it's really fun to watch uh, the, the litigation and the hobby too, because sometimes the lawsuits are horrible. You know, the plaintiffs yeah. will lose the lawsuit, but it still changes the hobby somehow. It, it, it exactly. makes it fairer for everybody else. So it's, you know, you look at lawsuits two ways. One, the individual is trying to get even or get rich, but is it dictating better policy for everybody else? And at, at a minimum, Although I think a lot of people are still very upset with the fact that redemptions exist, it's making it fairer, or at least requiring the manufacturers to disclose a lot more than they used to. I mean, Progress it's become over perfection. It's become like a caveat emptor, right? It's become sort of like I, mean, I got a lawyer here, so I get to use Latin. It's become sort of like you're assuming the risk. If you buy that product, you're assuming the risk that you could get a redemption and that you might not get what's on that redemption card. <laughs> I, yeah, so I think pull redemption redemption screwed. They, Don't celebrate redemptions. They, they should actually say something like, ooh, sorry you got a redemption. 75% <laughs> of these go fulfilled. Fingers crossed for you, buddy. Listen, redemption, sometimes I, I we're hoping for redemption. My son opened the box this week and he's like, I got a redemption. And it, it, I, was, it, I was sure it wasn't a redemption because it was like a cereal box from Panini. It was one of these like two for $35 at the store kind of baseball yeah, yeah. deal and um and nothing's guaranteed like you're barely even guaranteed to get a card in it right like who knows if you can get anything right so he's like i got a redemption we're gonna get an autograph we're gonna get something good and i'm like no way and he's like oh here look it's white look at it and he pulls it aside it's one of those like retail like you know don't don't steal this from target oh, yeah. kind of things you know like a white card with like a little like you know like a security tag and he's like oh and he was, so he would have been happy with redemption andrew because yeah. he didn't get anything <laughs> you got a little white blank card, you know? So one of my favorite players growing up was Mr. Ronaldinho. He was at National uh, 2021. And did not get Can to see him, by the way. He did not get to sign. I he did, did see not get to say, He did not get a signature. He didn't get to, like, shake his hand. He saw him. And he did actually, I think he probably could have gotten in there, but he saw a friend of his who really wanted to go see Ronaldinho, and he kind of moved that person a little closer yes. and said, okay, get, hey, get – Get her a signature, Ron. She Thank got you for in that. there. Thank you for the footnote. You're it was good. I, I like am it. a gentleman and You're a, a gentleman. Dude, I don't know about that uh, part, but a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and 
one of the most interesting court cases recently was Leaf was suing Ronaldinho, and Ronaldinho, in only Ronaldinho's fashion, was like, "Screw you! You think I'm gonna? You're gonna punch me? I'm gonna punch right back." And he was like, "I'm gonna sue you right back." For people that don't know, what's going on? Yeah, so this is this is a uh, another one of these uh, crazy lawsuits where uh, what first happened is Leaf sued Ronaldinho over uh, saying that, hey, this guy's making accusations at us, saying that we're making cards that we're not supposed to. We're putting his autographs on cards. Hey, here's a contract. We have a contract. Everything is OK. So, judge, tell him, go away. So Leaf brought a lawsuit, <laughs> but it's really one of those lawsuits. It's not for money. It's, hey, you know, it's it's, you know. We've got a contract. Tell them we've got a contract. Tell them to go away. Right. So invariably, when you have that, the next thing that happens is the other person on the side of the contract sues. So Ronaldinho and a uh, apparently the company that he's licensed his rights of publicity to called Drob Collectibles, which is a horrible name. Uh, they brought a lawsuit against Lee. D-Rob. Drob. I say D-Rob. It is D-Rob's a collective. D-Rob. 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 Is it D-Rob? I just figure it's like, you know, like if somebody's name is like Dante Robinson, it's D-Rob. You know what I mean? That's kind of, it's D-Rob. I don't know his actual name, nor would I say it, but D-Rob is what I read that. Not Drob. Okay. Well, Drob sounds like terrible. It. It sounds like I think Danny Rodrigo is a big collector. I believe he's a big collector in space, right? <laughs> Who? Damien, I think is his name. Damien what? I think Rodrigo. That would be D-Rod. Okay. Well, don't quote me. I apologize. Continue. <laughs> Not drob. <laughs> but, so, <laughs> so in, in this lawsuit, uh, so they're alleging Leaf, uh, basically two things. There's a breach of contract uh, where they're saying, hey, Leaf didn't have permission to actually make the cards that they made, these autographs of uh, Ronaldinho cards that are out there. But also there's allegations that Leaf counterfeited cards, not just his cards, but other unnamed players. So this is the first time I've seen in a lawsuit anybody accuse a manufacturer of counterfeiting cards. Uh, allegation. He said it. It's an allegation. Yeah. Sure. No, it's true. It's, <laughs> it's it's an it is an allegation, and there are <laughs> there are protections. If you file a lawsuit and you make allegations, you can't be sued for libel or slander or defamation. There's actually protections you get. You can get sued for malicious prosecution or things like that after the fact. Those cases are possible to win so but uh so it, it's an basically a, if you just add the word allegedly in, in, before you say anything in a suit no 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 oh. you can't just you can't just walk around and say allegedly i'm a genius i'm <laughs> the genius you're not i mean that <laughs> is true. libel that is slander that, that is a that is defamatory you can't yeah, call yourself a genius sl it's Slander and defamation nowadays, you know, most people think if you say allegedly in front of everything, you're protected. There is more of a, it goes to the jury. It's reasonable circumstances, you know, so it's, you know, it, it, you want to say allegedly uh, as many times as you can, but you don't want to make any allegations in bad faith. You know? Everything <laughs> Andrew says is legitimate rhetorical hyperbole. So we're good. <laughs> we're okay. Like not, there's not a factual statement that comes out of his mouth. Perfect. Me either for that, for that. I mean, I called Jokic a grizzly bear. You know, I mean, I don't think uh, there's a prize. I mean, clearly he's not a grizzly bear. He, um, anyway, we digress. We I digress. apologize to the nation. <laughs> no, so, so this lawsuit is going to be pretty interesting now because what happened uh, immediately after uh, the second lawsuit was filed, I went on Twitter and I, I did, did a summary of it. And Brian Gray responded to my thread explaining the new lawsuit and had a picture of Ronaldinho signing cards or signing stickers for Leaf. And I think the exact quote is, uh, 
Uh, Ronaldinho signing stickers relief. Gotta love easy to prove libel. And, you know, there's a picture wow. of him signing uh, autographs. Can't believe so, every picture, though, Paul. I'm I sorry? mean, if you believe everything you see in pictures, you'd believe <laughs> that Brian Gray was one of the women in the hobby. Yeah. Right? I mean, <laughs> the things that they can do nowadays, they can change anything. But <laughs> that's a great recall. That's a really good recall. That's a recall to – that's well done, Cage. <laughs> <laughs> and, guys, he was in a picture on a panel, a woman in the hobby panel. Go ahead and take a look at it. I'm not calling him a woman. It's, it's a there's joke. A, there's a photo. It's a joke. Take it easy. But Brian responded with a photo basically saying – uh, here is him signing this stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think his his analysis that it's easy to prove libel. It's not. Uh, you know, you're not going to win that. You know, if if this if he had made these statements, I mean, that's what's kind of funny about it. Had Ronaldinho made these statements in in the media, uh, or you know, and then Brian Gray may have had a libel suit. I don't think he'd win if he's mistaken, but you know, you had better chances there. But when you have any statements made in a in a, in a legal pleading. It's protected, so it's not liable. But that's good evidence for Leaf. Now, Brian Gray does not have to prove his case on Twitter. I said a lot of people have come back and said, well, there's no time stamp. How do I know? And, you know, the more you know, better analyses are, did he actually sign however many autographs are actually in there? We don't know that part. But it's at least, you know, Brian, Brian Gray's that's certainly outspoken in the hobby. And, uh, you know, it sounds like there he's willing to fight. He filed the first lawsuit. So it seems that this is a going to be a good he said, she said. I think they're, you know, if they're already throwing the C word around saying counterfeit, I think there's going to the hobby C word. <laughs> I think there's going to be, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. How important, like, um, so you win in the jury of your peers, but how important is it just to win, like, the, the battle of the internet, right? Because oftentimes as these proceedings go on, the damage is sort of done, especially to a company like Leaf. I mean, Panini is its own beast. But why do you think Brian then? responds on Twitter? Why do you think Brian Gregsimus does that? He has to win the crowd. Yeah, no. Gregsimus Maximus, Cages. Gladiator is actually a great movie, so that's that's a great one. <laughs> how important is that, Paul? Like, how, how much how much do you think that matters? It's, it's funny. So, uh, you know, I'll give you my strict lawyer uh, view of this. I want my client to say absolutely nothing and be as quiet as possible. Anything he says, there's going to be an $800 an hour lawyer who spends his entire time twisting other people's statements to go in his favor. They're going to be looking at this. So from a win the case and win the case alone standpoint, I want my clients to be quiet. But that's not realistic because, you know, like you said, if you file uh, just make even making allegations like this out there, it does potentially hurt the company. So in that instance, the business, I mean, the business, I mean, ultimately, the lawyers are working for the business itself. The business has to make a decision. Am I going to weaken my lawsuit potentially, but reassure my client base or customer base or what am I going to do here? So I think Brian decided, Hey, I'm going to try and win in the court of public opinion and we'll deal with any repercussions that we may get. From, I mean, from a uh, business standpoint, this is one you might want to actually fight. I mean, look, no, it's never good for a company to, to be sued by an athlete when they're in the business of signing other athletes to get their signature and produce cards. It's never a good thing. And normally you'd like to think that it gets resolved before it gets this far because, you know, the reputation of, of the company is, you know, you, you want to have a good reputation. Otherwise, who's going to deal with you? Like what athletes are going to, you know, sign a contract with you? This one goes a little further. Like now with the allegations being made here, you almost want to 
respond. You know, I can understand why he wants it because, you know, now people who are out there who are, think, who are contemplating signing a deal and, oh, let me sign an autograph. Well, I mean, is he paying? Is he actually paying me the right amount? Uh, you know, it's, what's going to happen? So, I mean, it, it's definitely a little different with the allegations that are here. And I can understand why, one, he'd be a little more vocal. And two, why this one might actually drag on a little. Yeah. And from from the like the lawyer standpoint, the reason I always tell clients to be quiet is if there's good evidence in your favor, don't broadcast it to the other side. Use it to hang them. So let's say, you know, the plaintiffs in this case are completely unaware of these pictures and they you know, you have to produce everything in discovery. You know, there's there's no secrets in discovery, but there are lawyers on the other side that don't look at every document. So if you turns over this picture, they miss it. You get Ronald Dino in, in deposition and you ask him, so how many of these, have you ever signed any autographs for Leaf? If he says no, because he doesn't know that picture exists and you show it to him, you've got some great testimony for the case. So that's one It's called disclosure, that... you dickhead. What? <laughs> I said, it's called disclosure, you dickhead. That's from yeah. my cousin Vinny. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he does this, Paul. It's, it's, that's uh... the greatest movie on how to be a lawyer. It really is. So- I think we might, I don't know if we talked about this, but my first book. Lincoln Lawyer was, is the greatest lawyer. Yes. The series on Netflix is actually pretty good too. Before I even, out. before I even went to law school, my, my first mentor, the first guy, the first lawyer I ever went to go work for, he said, if you ever want to learn to cross-examine somebody, play my cousin Vinny's cross-examination. It's actually a very good tool. Obviously it's, it's laughable. It's a joke what he's doing, but it, it is a very good cross-examination. Yeah. It's very and good, man. Get your point. And every every lawyer, after you hear the other side's opening statement or closing argument, every lawyer go always wants to respond. Everything that guy just said is bullshit. Thank you. <laughs> Let the record reflect everything. Everything the counsel just said be stricken from the record, other than the words. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so everybody knows somebody or has been impacted by the redemptions. The first case, it, it sits close to our heart. We get it. The sleeve case with Ronaldinho, it's. You know, it feels like it affects a few less people. The last case we're going to talk about today, I mean, everybody's cracked the card. It's kind of like we have a running joke. Like, we love that. That there's, It's so much fun, exhilaration. So when I heard Andrew's that, known throughout the hobby as a crackhead. I mean, it's, clearly. It's, I mean, this is right near and dear to his heart. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> so when I heard that Alt was suing Beckett because Beckett graded uh, Steph Curry rookie card and then deemed a trim, you saw a ton of you know news talking about it. I was like, I'm sh- they have to have a video of them cracking it, right? Like they, they have to like they're not just saying this. There has to be some sort of evidence. So for people that don't know that have been following the case, you know, loosely, catch people up on that case, Alt versus Beckett. Sure. So it's a uh, it's a it's a simple lawsuit. It, it's most of the hobby lawsuits are always difficult with he said, she said, and everything else. So this one's actually simple. So uh, Alt purchased a uh, Steph rookie nine five uh, graded from uh, BGS. I think they spent uh, one hundred and eighty thousand for it, one hundred sixty, one hundred eighty thousand, something like that. And in their complaint, they say the only reason we bought this is because it was graded nine point five, and subsumed within any grading of nine point five, it means it's not altered, it's not trimmed. So uh, Alt then wanted to get the card, remove it from BGS and get a PSA uh, label for it because PSA looks better. Uh, they made a mistake, though. They broke. Uh, they, they cracked the case, took the card out and submitted it to PSA. PSA came back and said, this is cards, not uh, this cards trimmed. Uh, we can't uh, we can't grade it. And the card was then submitted back to uh, BGS. And BGS said, yeah, no, the, the, yes, the card is trimmed. 
So card is now worth $360,000. Alt brings a lawsuit asking for the current value of the card. Um, but it's going to be hard because they cracked the case. <laughs> you know, it, it should be something where, you know, if you sent the case to PSA, let them crack it, let everything be documented by them, you're in a much better position. But once you crack that case, if there's no video of it, if there's nothing following you in the future, there's a thing that everybody loves in criminal cases called the chain of custody. The chain of custody is now in question here because something you something could have happened between getting the card out of the case. There could have been a swaparoo, send it back, you know, send it back in. Okay, now I want my money and I still have this card over here back. So it's, you know, it's it's it it's going to be a he said, she said, but it looks a lot better for Beckett than it does for Alt simply because they made the mistake of cracking the case before they sent it back in. This seems pretty obvious, right? Like I'm I can't believe. Has discovery happened already for this case? No, it's brand new. It's a just December happened. filing. So just, just we don't know if they do have a video. Like if it was Brian Gray, he would have already tweeted out the video. Being, <laughs> I got you, bitch. But like we don't know if there is a video of them cracking, right? And, and the, at least helping their chain of custody. Being being a lawyer, uh, when you write a complaint, if there was a video, you would have meant it would have been mentioned. I, I think it would have been mentioned. It's not saying there that it isn't there. Maybe they do have a video. Maybe they do have something like that. But that video better be of everything from cracking it, putting it in an envelope, sealing the envelope, putting handing it to the there. mail, handing yeah. it to FedEx, like literally putting it. It's it, so chain of custody. It's great that Paul brings it up, right? I mean, in a typical situation, let's I mean use something, Andrew. You know. Um, you know, you're using a tool on a construction site and it malfunctions and it hurts your hand and you're going to allege that it's it's defective. The, 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 your company takes it immediately into custody, hires an investigator, an investigator comes, tags it, bags it, puts it in an evidence bag, puts it into storage where it's cataloged, you name it. And, and anytime it's moved or whatever it is, you know where it is and it's in the exact same condition that it was in the minute that it hurts your hand, right? And then you or make an allegation that it was flawed and, and hurt you because it was broken, you can then examine it in the same condition that it was in because the chain of custody is there. Everybody who's touched it signs for it. You know, people in the hobby are familiar with this. When you when you, when you you send something with certified mail, it's the closest thing to, to chain of custody for explanation, right? Every mailed person, every letter carrier, everybody who touches that has to sign yeah. by hand. So they have a record. That way the thing allegedly is not going to get lost because everybody who touches it has to sign. Go in a box. Mail it. You name it. So it's got to be signed for it every step of the way. This Same is how the bigwigs send cards, by the way. Luca Nation. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be providing some level of attention and the most insurance. Um, so, but, here, but the fun part is even if they had a video and the video was them cracking it out of the slab, looking at it and then wrapping it up to send into a package to PSA, right? What's stopping it from saying, okay, when the video stops, they took it out of that package. They unwrapped the bubble wrap. Oops. Somebody slipped and slipped with a, they were holding a razor. They were holding an X-Acto knife and it just happened to slice the bottom perfectly of the card. And then they rewrapped it up and sent it to PSA. I'm not saying that happened, but you know, one thing you can't prove as a negative, right? You can't prove that didn't happen, right? Even if you had video, the video is most likely going to only show, okay, we cracked it out. We submitted it to PSA. It's very difficult, impossible to prove you didn't pull that back out of the box after you shut the video camera off and then do something with the car. So I'm not saying they did, but so you know, knowing this, I mean, that's the, the proof this, issue. 
Yeah, right, Paul? this seems obvious. Yep. Why throw up a Hail Mary? Like, it seems obvious that they're not going to even see the light of day. This isn't, this isn't going to, this is going to th- get thrown out or why? Why throw see, up See, I don't think the Mary? case will get thrown. Well, I think there's a lot of money at issue because there's a lot of money at issue. You have to bring a lawsuit. And I, and I don't think this lawsuit will get thrown out right away. It is still a kind of a he said, she said, just because they all did not do the best job preserving the evidence. They might still be able to make their argument to a jury, but the other side is going to have, you know, I, I give them an 85% chance of winning because they're going to be able to point out, okay, you cracked the case on June 1st. When did you send it in? Three months later, did you have your eyes on the card at all time? How many employees you have? How many hands touched this card? There's so many questions that could. So, uh, Andrew, what you're saying is, hey, it doesn't seem to make sense to me. If I were on the other side, I just kind of like, you know, attack the proof problem. But if I were on the old side, and you're talking about six figures of damage here, right? If you want to say it was 100 and something, it's really worth 300 something. And instead of it being worth, even if it's 200, now as a trimmed card, who knows what it's worth? There's a significant amount of money here. I would be looking for a card expert who would examine what the card looked like in the initial BGS slip, excuse me, and then compare that to what the card looks like now and have an expert come and testify, excuse me, Oh, I see. You'd bring in an expert to like this measure card, it, the size of it. Here's the thing. Here's the look. It's it's not. It's in exactly the With same beyond condition. a shadow of a doubt. You know this DNA uh, matches identical. the DNA on the glove. If the glove doesn't fit, you <laughs> thirty-five off fifteen radials. Yeah, and, okay. and you don't and you don't need reasonable doubt since it's a civil case. All you have to do is you know this you know fifty-one percent. That's all it has to be. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's just you know more likely than not. And I, I hope I didn't just give them the roadmap, but the point I'm sure they you just did. You just this. did. But <laughs> you're not even going to get charged for that. That's given what, a lot of roadmaps but to that's, a lot of businesses. That's, they never follow them. That's the flip side, right? You could say, okay, we're going to blow this up to a million times magnification. Here's what the card looks like. Here's the edge. Here's the little white dot on it. The whole deal. Look, the card, we blow it up to a million times magnification. It's exactly the same condition it was in when it was in that initial slab. Still in that same condition now. No one's touched it. Yes, the chain of custody can't be proven, but it doesn't matter because the card is exactly the same as when we bought it. Here it is under you know a billion times magnification. That's what I would do if I were them. So the take home is Alt. There's your expert. Hire him. He's got it all figured out already. It's, you know, eight hundred dollars an hour, no problem. Take him. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's got to be you know. They got left, Kyle. you just got re-signed good for him no but i mean listen it's an interesting thing and paul i guess the 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 thought process is um you know i think i would still do this the same analysis that i just did anyway but had they sent it to psa still in the slab and psa cracked it out and did the whole deal i think i would still have i don't call it a credibility argument but i think i would still have a credibility i mean you you do litigation right when you have when you get an expert opinion on something it's usually not the competitor like the d- direct competitor of the business that you're suing you know what i mean so so talk about that for a second right like like if i were the one doing this lawsuit and i'm not but if i were the one and let's take it out of this lawsuit right let's just say i bought a card and it was in an hga holder and i sent it to csg i cracked it out and said to csg or i left it csg says hey sorry this was a trimmed card hga shouldn't have graded it for you it's trimmed I think what I would have done as part of my lawsuit now is I would send it to someone who's not a grading company. I know grading companies are the experts, right? But HGA and CSG are competitors. 
right? DCI and TAG, they have also initials. But they were all, you know, like, you know, so, so Beckett, if I were Beckett, I'd be like, of course PSA is saying that. Right? Of course they're saying it's trim because, you know, they're well, Beckett's saying it's trim too. That's yeah. it. So let's, let's go ahead, Paul, please. But that's after the fact. The thing, yeah, the thing is, you know, uh, B, BGS can say, hey, we're trying to erode into PSAs. You know, PSA is this big. We're this big. We want to right. get that big. But PSA wants to keep us down. So every time they send in a BGS, oh, BGS screwed this up. They said 9.5. It's a four. You know, it's totally trimmed. Every time a BGS one is sent in here, PSA screws it up or does something with it. I don't. I could see that argument being made. I think that's a difficult one because then you can get into discovery and see what the statistics actually are of that happening. I guess but, my thought is, right, like, like, how about, I mean, an expert in this, right? Like, uh, I mean, someone who's not, so I use Derek Grady as the name, right? Like, like you know, he was at CSG, he's now at Heritage, he doesn't work for a grading company at all, he definitely doesn't work for Beckett or PSA. You know, I think if I were Alt, in addition to my magnification stuff, I probably would use him as an expert I probably would have sent it to him. Maybe they did. Maybe they sent it to him before PSA. Maybe who knows what the story was, but I probably would get an independent analysis as part of this, you know, proceeding to Isn't say, Isn't it okay, scary that we're in an industry with so so much lack of independence? It's almost like you, you had to like chalk your brain for someone who like, right. It's, it's hard to find independent experts in this industry because it's, yeah. No. I mean, and does that matter, or the fact that Beckett, after the fact, said no, it's trimmed? That that it, almost like that's something that can just be taken as fact now. That card, as it currently exists, is trimmed. Yeah, and, and that's it. The card, as it currently exists, is trimmed. But when we first graded it, it wasn't trimmed, and that's and that's one of those things too, where uh, you know, depending on how old cards were and you know how the graders were, I mean, does not do they not have rulers? I mean, is this a trim job where, I mean, did they notice it was trimmed because it has a, you know, a sharp I mean, you'd be surprised. Else? I'm sure it's very technical now, but even we're talking years ago, the, the, the way you trim these things. I mean, you're talking about like dental tools. You're talking about like lasers. You're talking about like, like you with a naked eye, like mm -hmm. the way these guys trim cards, you wouldn't be able to tell. Mm -hmm. They're taking off so little of the edge of the card to just get, to, to straighten it out. You name it that. Yeah, I mean, why, why are like dental tools when you say that? Like, like I, I, the thought that came to my mind was like, you don't have the technology or the steady hand to perform a procedure like that. <laughs> nice. like, dental tools, you still got to be able to wield those dental tools. It's not like you just are like, I put it in my trim machine, take it out. Like, it's still, I feel like it's such precise work. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen some older cards, especially like 75 tops cards that have been graded years ago that are bouncing around in the holder. So that's, you know, that's that's where my mind goes, the trimming where they cut off a good quarter inch. <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is, it's. I mean, what makes this one interesting is right now at the end of the day, both of the grading companies are saying it is trimmed, which makes it interesting because, you know, I've had cards where one company says it's trimmed and one company doesn't and one and and you know that gets to the heart of the fact that a lot of grading is the opinion of someone right and i'm talking mostly vintage cards you know like 61 flare basketball for example like mm -hmm. these were not cut by computers you know no. these were you know so so some of them are going to be a little short and one grading company wakes up that day and the grader you know somebody pissed in his cheerios and tells me that it's short so um, you know, it's trimmed and uh, another grading company is going to grade it. You know what I mean? So that, that issue to me is an interesting one on a card like this. Not so much, especially when the conclusion of both of them are agreeing that as it currently stands, it's trimmed. That, it's an interesting wrinkle. Yeah.
no, it'll it'll be a fun one to see if, uh, you know, most lawsuits settle before you get to trial. This sounds like one that, you know, everybody, there's too much at risk. This one sounds like one it will have to settle. Maybe Alt's not entitled to one hundred and eighty or three hundred sixty thousand dollars. Maybe they get a little bit of money back. But uh, this is one there. I think there's too much. You know, there's too much at question here. Do you think we'll be resolved in 2023? Yes, I think uh, I think most lawsuits in the hobby settle within uh 18 months or less uh, confidentially. And then we never know what happens. And we can all, all just guess at who we thought won. But I think this is one of those ones that has confidential settlement written all over it. Most disputes die and no one shoots. <laughs> Last question as we wrap up. Well, Hamilton. As, yeah, Hamilton oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Hamilton. <laughs> as we head into 2023, is there is there a court case that you're following? Is there something that excites you about the hobby? As we Here we are, January 11th. You know, what are you thinking about for the hobby in 2023? Yeah, it's the what I was looking forward to until the uh, court <laughs> denied the class certification was the Panini Redemption case. That's, I think, the number one issue in the hobby that the courts can uh, set straight. What what does a redemption mean? What are the obligations of a manufacturer when it comes to redemptions? Uh, that was what I was looking for most. The other case I'm looking forward to uh, is actually it's a non-hobby case. It's the a Warhol case that's at the Supreme Court, which will decide fair use. And the reason I'm looking at that is how, you know, how how much can somebody change a card and it be not copyright infringement? Uh, is it a little bit of a change or not? And just to give you a little background, uh, what happened is Warhol uh, did some paintings of prints, but it was based off of a photograph that uh, somebody else took and uh, Warhol didn't have permission. But Warhol did what he normally does, changed the picture, made it colorful, did you know multiple variations of it. And so that's what the Supreme Court's going to decide. The District Court and the Court of Appeals were both 180 degrees opposite. One said it's fair <laughs> use, one said it's copyright infringement. So it's something that everybody's looking at. And why I'm interested uh, in this is exactly- is this yeah, it? That's, that's it. So uh, why I'm interested uh, in it is uh, I do like project, you know, the project 2020 type cards. And I like when you have people make their own cards. Well, how Custom much can cards, somebody yeah. make their own cards? Because I have this card right here. I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. I love 1986 Fleer. This is an artist named Ermsey who made this card. Um, and as everyone knows, Upper Deck likes to sue people. Uh, Michael Jordan likes to see people. Is that fair use or is it not? And I think that's, you know, I think the Supreme Court um, will be chiming in on that. And I think a lot of people would like to know what's fair use and what's not. Now, the Supreme Court rarely gives us bright line guidance. <laughs> It'll probably confuse it even more. But that's that's the selfish other thing that I'm looking forward most. That's but. why you stick with the cards that are over 100 years old. Stick with yeah. the public domain stuff, right? If you're going to be doing custom. Yeah, I mean, Andrew, just so you know, I mean, basically the, the gist of it is Warhol was supposed to paint Progresso soups, but he wound up with the Campbell stuff and it just the whole thing went left. He had <laughs> he had permission from Progresso. No, I mean, it's there's uh there's this AI lawyer. I think it's called like do not pay. Have you seen this on Twitter, Cage? Mm -mm. That said, like, if you have a case going to the Supreme Court, we'll pay you a million dollars to let our AI tell you what to say. I think it's called, yeah, AI robot lawyer by do not pay. We'll be able to help a defendant fight off, uh, you know, a traffic ticket in court starting next month. And they want to get in. They want to, if you have a case in the Supreme Court, they're willing to pay you a million bucks. <laughs> do not pay. I swear to God, this is on Twitter. I don't know that's if it's true, really, but I've seen it. 
That's really, I, I don't think there's very many lawyers that would step out of a case because I think every lawyer wants to argue in the Supreme Court. So I don't think that's actually going to happen. But uh, I mean, listen, if the next suit is tag against HGA, maybe they might bring in artificial intelligence to argue <laughs> that case for them. I like that. I like that. There's our 2024 case we're looking for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's all about the artificial intelligence, well, guys. It's all about the AI. Why well, did you talk about Alan deck? Iverson? No. Uh, why did I you never know the crossover? Why did you say that Upper Deck and Michael Jordan like to sue a lot of people? Uh, well, Upper Deck is the company that sues more people, that, more companies than, uh, than anybody else, especially uh, for uh, Jordan or LeBron. Protecting of their Zion Williams, uh, Williamson. They brought uh, a lot of lawsuits. So I always, and that's kind of actually why I started, uh, you know, doing a lot of my uh, blogs about legal cases, because Upper Deck uh, did a lot of crazy, crazy lawsuits. There was even a lawsuit, Upper Deck versus Upper Deck, mm -hmm. that was uh, about 2011, <laughs> 2012. So um, that's me every morning in the mirror. <laughs> which, which version are you going to be today, man? <laughs> every day. Every yeah. day. All right, Paul, listen, this is fun. We'll have you back soon, you know, because obviously, you know, the, the landscape is ever changing. You know, my hope for 2023 is that all the lawsuits that are out there in the hobby get resolved and that none get filed. I know that will keep you, you know, out of work, but I'm sure you'll find something else to do, you know, hobby wise. Um, yeah, I hope it all gets resolved because I will say this. Look, it's great that stuff gets resolved and I would never tell somebody don't go out and sue, right? I mean, look look at the positive stuff that's come out of the redemption stuff, right? And look at, you know, the the changes for, from a consumer standpoint. Um, and I think it always works out great. But if the end goal is... You know, I'm going to tell my neighbor, my cousin, my friend, hey, join the hobby. Hey, you should get into this. It's a lot of fun. It's a great community. And the, when they Google, the first thing that comes up is the short version of Ronaldo is suing this card company or, you know, these guys are out a couple hundred thousand dollars because of this or these redemptions are not going to fill. Ronaldo is not the short version of Ronaldo. I like Ronaldo. that. That was pretty <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> You're an asshole. He's amazing. How can people support this case? Like if I'm out there and I have my redemption that's not filled, I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated. You know, can I sign a petition? Can I do anything to help with this panini versus this suit versus panini? Do you have any very old redemptions? Yeah, yeah. First of all, you're gonna have to have a redemptions from. I don't remember the year, but I think it's pre 2017. It's it, you need an older, uh, unfulfilled redemption, and I think Panini's been doing a very good job of issuing points for those. I mean, I think they've been auctioning points, 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 and in order to agree with those, you have to agree to change terms of services at that at, at that point. Uh, but no, it's if you do right now, since the judge has blown up the potential class action. If you have grievances against Panini, uh, you have to take the law in your own hands. You have to file your own case. Don't tell uh, him small that. Claims court. He, he, okay, good. They give yeah. him the guidance. What that means? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you have to file in small claims court or something. Uh, I mean, you can contact the lawyers that brought the other case, but they're going to be really busy trying to piece this back together and make sure it's actually a, a class action. Um, so, uh, you know, it's not good for consumers who have old redemptions. This is a huge win. For Panini, it's a huge win for redemptions. Uh, I don't think it's a good win for the hobby. Uh, but, uh, you know, just all you can do is watch and see what happens. Luca Nation, uh, drop a like, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment. Uh, Paul, very, very gracious with your time. We appreciate you joining. Uh, it's one of those things that as this stuff develops, we'd love to have you back on. And I know our audience is very grateful for your time. So thank you for joining. No, thanks for having me on. I, re I really enjoy doing this.